Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, who's in a childlike sense of joy <laughs> that, no, <fair> enough. <laughs> that is really... I can't relate to it. The last time I felt that way was the Super Bowl in February of 2011. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a very good way to describe it. It's been a, uh, a tremendous little honeymoon period for about the last, oh, 78 hours, I guess, thereabouts since Sunday, about 12 well, 11.30 or 12, when, when the final putt dropped and Tiger Woods won the Masters again, which, God, that feels good to say. Uh, it's It's been a long time coming. And, and uh, yeah, it it, uh, it was awesome. Just awesome. Didn't didn't know if I'd ever see it again. Neither uh, did never he. Never gave up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, never, I never gave up on the guy. I never, you know, uh, turned away or got disgusted or anything. Uh, but, you know, I, I certainly a couple years ago did get to the point where I thought, okay, his, his career is probably a closed book and I'm just going to enjoy what I got to see and, and savor it and, um, you know, kind of move, move forward that way. And then last year he, he came back to play and he played fairly well. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just thought, you know, if I could see one more, one more major, I would, uh, I'd give anything for that. And, and I did. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's more to come. Everybody's, you know, taking the next step and, you know, can he win the next one? Can he win blah, blah, blah. Like that. I got the one more that I desperately wanted so, so bad. And, and so any, anything else is gravy on top of that, as far as I'm concerned. This to me, for for my outside observation of your fandom, is mm-hmm. eerily similar to the Spurs beating the Heat. It is. It is very much so, and and also very similar to uh, Peyton Manning winning a second Super Bowl. To me, those those are the ones that have um, Peyton Manning winning a second Super Bowl and Tiger Woods winning this major are very similar to me in that they were talked about for so long and almost given up on by most people like us oh, just not going to happen. And, and then it happened and, and uh, you know, and, and they, they take a while to set in quite honestly, the tiger woods one is still setting in. Uh, I mean, I woke up Sunday night, middle of the night and, and I kind of, you know, you have, you kind of half asleep, half awake. And I'm thinking, Did, is that real? Yes, it is real. It, that, that really happened. Um, I've got, you know, my phone background picture is, is him holding up the trophy with the green jacket on. And every time I look at it, a smile comes to my face because I'm thinking that that really did happen. Like that, that, I didn't dream it. I didn't imagine it. I didn't play it out on a video game. I did that plenty over the last decade or so. Um, but this this is real and it's, it's even more satisfying. So I don't want to pivot away into a, a potentially negative topic, but I, I want to get your feel for the fact that immediately there were stories. Well, now can he catch Jack? Can, you know, exactly. is he now yeah, on pace? And, and we just couldn't, in, you know, it, it felt like know, the, the, the time to enjoy him winning ended so quick. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's it's what the, you know, it's what we do, I guess, in sports media now and and you know fans uh, feed the beast and and that's what i was getting at there you know a couple minutes like i'm not doing that i hope he can i mean it'd be fantastic if he won another one this year and if he won four or five more 
that'd be great. Obviously, I'd love that, and I hope he does. But I'm not doing that because, man, I I just wanted to see the 15th, and he got the 15th. And and uh, like I said, anything else a bonus. Um, I'm I'm reminded a bit of the Cubs winning the World Series. They finally climbed that mountain, and you know, then it's like, oh well, they're young and they're gonna they're gonna win a whole bunch. And, you know, I said then, and I still mean it. I didn't really care if they did. Like, you know, I they won the one. I'm, certainly, I would have loved it if they won more, and I still want them to win more. But I got to see the one, and and that's kind of how I feel about this. I, you know, he had won a bunch in my lifetime, but this one was hard earned, harder earned than any, just because of the time and everything that's happened in that last decade. Certainly, the last four or five years. Um, and I'm just happy he got this one. If he wins the next one, even better. If he wins another one this year, great. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. You know, everybody turns to that right away. It's it's hard to win a major, and to win three more is yeah. No, at the age of 43, it's not likely. It's just it's just not. Now maybe he can, but I'm not expecting it. Uh, if it happens, all the better. The story to me the one now that i will root for because i you know as you know i'm not a huge golf person right but the story i will root for is if he wins one next year he will have won a major in four decades four decades yeah yeah i know which which uh i don't know that anybody has ever done um I, know I, I don't talking, recall ever hearing about it. No, I mean, I know they were talking when he, when he won this one. I heard, you know, somebody on TV when they were kind of making the early call at the end of the broadcast, and and, I, and they did make an early call, um, and I certainly was not doing that. But saying, you know, he joins, I think, like two or three other guys to win in three decades. Um, and so I don't think anybody has. I mean, I know Nicholas won in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but – that's it, uh, you know, and, and I mean, there's not that many guys who won enough majors to even, you know, qualify for that. I mean, you know, the, the mm-hmm. fourth most amount is nine. And and so it's, you know, it's not likely you see that very often. In fact, Nicholas and him might be the only ones who've done it in three decades. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'm forgetting somebody. Um, but, you know, Palmer didn't. Hogan didn't. I know. Just did, I don't think Gary Player did. Um, so, I mean, it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, have that longevity. And that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, any, any time after this year, obviously would give him that with that feat. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just amazing to me that it, you know, that it really happened. I, I found myself, you know, on Sunday doing a whole lot of pacing back and forth, trying to stay calm, trying to stay in the moment, not get ahead of myself. Um, and it was hard not to, but, but I, yeah, it was thrilling. And I'll tell you, if anybody is listening to us, thanks for sending me a text. I appreciated that. I know you're not a golf fan, but I certainly appreciated that you were paying attention and rooted for him, uh, for me, basically. That that was nice of you. Hey, look, man, it's sports is important. and It is. It, it is. It's yes. important it, to you. It's important to me. And when it's your guy, and both of us yes. have guys who are our guys. We do. We do, um, yes, and I, I appreciated that. I appreciated that. You know, uh, I mean, stuff like that. Look, I, I don't, I don't know Tiger Woods. He's not a friend of mine. I'm not saying that, but it, it brings to light 
you know, the people that support you and the people that, you know, and, and, you know, stuff like that is why it meant something to me. Um, you know, my parents and, and you and, you know, people reached out to me and I thought, God, that's really cool that, you know, you, you've, you've made it, you made enough of an impact on people that they know, Hey, you really care about Tiger Woods and this is great for you. So I appreciated that. Thank you. Of course, man. Um, we're going to pivot now because it's April 17th and, and the most important sport going on is college football. Um, <laughs> Isn't it always? I mean, it should be. It is to me. Um, there's been a lot of coverage of ASU football. There's been a lot of coverage of the Pac-12. That Those John yep. Casano uh, articles in the Oregonian have really just created a firestorm of coverage for the conference yeah. uh, as yeah. a whole. But – I want to talk about today on The Athletic was ASU football day, even though our spring yes. practice is long over. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. First, an article by Chantel Jennings, uh, formerly of ESPN's Pac-12 blog and now at The Athletic, uh, mm-hmm. a really nice feature piece on Eno Benjamin and what John Simon meant to him and how yeah. they set up a plan. I, I'm. I think jo- losing John Simon is a big deal for this team. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I think that's a concern for sure. Um, I, I mean, obviously, you know, hopefully his replacement, the guy from Chandler, will will bring his own set of positives, maybe in local recruiting things like that. But yeah, yeah, well, I mean, and I, you already saw today, uh, Sean Iguano, the former coach, uh, right. high school coach, who's now the running backs coach was out in Ohio recruiting one of the top 2020 running backs. Was he? Okay. Um, I didn't even see that. Yeah. You know, so he's in, and, and it and it dovetails nicely with one of the points made in uh, Doug Haller's piece on The Athletic, which is recruiting is so important, and Herm recognizes that, and that we need to do yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, back to your John Simon point, he's been – one of our, you know, considered one of our better recruiters, obviously Antonio Pierce gets a lot of, you know, adulation for that, deservedly so it appears for his, you know, prowess in recruiting. Um, but Simon, you know, had done a pretty good job in recruiting as well, it seemed like. And, you know, it hurts when you lose assistance, um, but that's the nature of the game. Uh, very few teams uh, can be like Clemson. And, and I read, uh, you know, the, the Doug Haller story about the state of the program. There was one that ran a couple of days ago about Clemson. And, you know, it said they, they're bringing back their entire staff from last year after winning a national title. That's shocking. I mean, you just you just don't see that. And, you know, usually success leads to guys scattering. That's the norm. Clemson's outside the norm. Um, so you just have to deal with it. And, you know, guys get opportunities, and he got an opportunity to do something more. Uh, basically be a quasi-offensive coordinator at Memphis, although not with that title. Um, and, and so you can't, you can't fault him, and hopefully the, the new guy brings his own set of strengths. Like I said, local recruiting could certainly be one of those that we want to do better at. Well, he's you know right here, got a, got a great background in Arizona, obviously. Complete aside, uh, if Doc Benet ever wanted to go coach in college, this would be the season where he would leave because yes. he could do the full on uh, para move and say, look, I got three <laughs> power five guys, two skill position guys and an offensive lineman whose right. dad played in the NFL or uncle played in the NFL. Right. Um, you know, 
come get me and I'll bring you that these yeah, three guys. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't seem. I mean, obviously, I don't know, but it sure doesn't seem like he must have any interest in that because you'd think the opportunity has probably been there. You know, you see that, and and he's. I mean, he's an older guy. He's not. He's not old, but he's got to be. I mean, I'm guessing mid fifties, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that if he's gonna go, this is probably the last chance to go. If if not, the window's already closed. Yeah. I mean, you know, most of these guys, you know, you you start making your way in college, you got to work your way up the ladder. Well, I don't Um, think he'd ever be a head coach. I'm saying if he ever wanted to be on a college staff, staff, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But uh, maybe he doesn't have that desire. I mean, again, I, God, I, I mean, I've I've spoken to him once in the last decade, and that was for about you know five seconds after a game when they won the state title a few years ago. I went went to a game there, you know, and I said hi to him. Um, so I, you know, I can't pretend to know his thoughts, but you'd think the opportunity might have been there before, and he he obviously hasn't taken it. Uh, and so you wonder, you know, hey, this, I mean, he's at his alma mater. He's you know he's got a he's got a family there. Um, you know that kid that he had when we were in high school has got to be a teenager now so you know maybe he doesn't want to uproot you know he probably maybe gets to coach that kid soon i don't know depending mm-hmm. on depending on the age I, now i guess i should say i think it was a boy but i could be wrong um either way they're, they're getting to be high school age i think because he had that kid when we were in high school and that was uh 15 plus years ago now yeah it's been a while been a little bit yeah it's been a while yeah so um yeah, who knows? But yeah, I agree. I mean, the opportunity would be there, you'd think, if he wanted it. Um, but he seems content to, you know, just continue to have the train moving at, at South Point, um, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Oh, it works know, for me. Unless these David kids were all coming to ASU, which it is exactly. It is a – I'm putting that. it in Sharpie that we are not getting one of those three kids. Yeah, um, yeah, I would, I would think you're right. It's probably uh, – none i mean they're, they're getting great offers and that's the hard thing to do in recruiting you know as you know kind of getting back to what you were saying there as far as recruiting is important and it obviously is but it's it's hard to break into that upper echelon um you know it just it takes time and it takes persistence and it doesn't happen in one year even two or three years you, you don't just all of a sudden say well we're going to start recruiting with the you know, the Texases and the Ohio States and the USC's and Alabama's, it, it doesn't happen like that. And so it's hard to beat out those type of schools for kids, whether they're in your backyard or not. Yeah. Um, but let's go back to Chantel Jennings's piece on Eno Benjamin. Um, it, it talked a lot about just, he had set these goals for himself. He had worked mm-hmm. hard. Um, it seems like he viewed the redshirt year behind Bellage and Richard as a good thing, you know? Yeah. And I think it was, I mean, you know, he, he, uh, with there's, there's some exceptions, obviously of guys who can, you know, come in and year one right away, they can be an impact guy. Um, but most of the time that's not the case. You need that time to learn an offense. You need that time to get in the weight room, uh, you know, work on, you know, being in meeting rooms, go to class, you know, things like that. I mean, we joke about how college football and basketball players don't go to class, and I'm sure a fair amount of them don't. But the run-of-the-mill players do. Um, they have to, you know. And so it's it's a hard adjustment. You're living away from home. You're, you know, there's a lot of things to it that is hard to do for, for a true freshman to also 
make all those adjustments and be an impact football player. So it probably was, you know, I mean, he did play a little bit that year. Um, we saw him, you know, in that opening game and then he barely played the next few games kind of, uh, I think it was the Colorado game. He, he got some run cause I think Bellage was hurt as a freshman, um, showed some, some, some flash, but yeah, he, you know, he didn't have to be the, the man. And then last year he did and, he was ready for it. You know, that was one of the big questions we talked about in the offseason was, you know, would he be ready for it, losing Richard and Bellage? Well, he was more than ready for it. He, he was, you know, better than both of them combined the year before. Uh, you know, set the ASU record for rushing in a season. Yeah. Um, you know, got to All-American consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to, you know, now he's got the target on his back. And that article made that point that, you know, now he's going to be the focal point for defenses when we're playing them, they're going to, they're going to try to take him away. And that's, that's another challenge. You know, he's had the challenge of, okay, can you go from the unknown, somewhat highly touted prospect to being the, you know, the number one back? Yes. Now, can you, can you go from, you know, kind of the people who caught, caught teams by surprise? You're not going to catch anybody by surprise this year. If he, you know, produces those same type of numbers, no one's going to be shocked by it. No one's going to say, where'd this guy come from? So it, it'll be tougher, but that's that's the life of the big time player. You got to adjust. So it's nothing that we didn't know, but on the offensive side, the line is returning five guys who started games. Although mm-hmm. the depth might not be what it was last year. Mm-hmm. The running back situation is identical to how it ended last year. Yeah, but gotcha. you're missing Nikhil Harry and Manny Wilkins now. Right, I am not. Now, nor will I in the future go out on a limb for Manny Wilkins and say that he is irreplaceable. I don't think he was. I think he was a fine mid-tier Pac-12 quarterback. Um, And in our quarterback rankings going into the year of our (laughs) historical ASU quarterbacks, we both said Manny's in the middle and his last year may move him up or down. And I don't think it moved him an inch. I don't think it did. No, I agree. Yeah, he stayed right about there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you've got a running back who's probably, if he repeats what he did last season, gone. You've got five yeah. senior offensive linemen, so you will have a complete overhaul on the O-line. Uh-huh. Um, your receiving core, Brandon or, uh, Kyle Williams, uh, is a senior who's yeah. probably you know, your leading returning receiver. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk, I believe, yeah. is a senior, so he'll be gone. Think so too. He was a JUCO, so yeah, I would. I think he was a junior last year, eligibility wise. So you're looking at sort of a make or break year on the offense with a quarterback that is a question. Brand new, yeah. I mean, whoever it is 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 a guy who has very little to zero uh, college playing experience. Obviously, three of our guys are true freshmen. The only guy who's not. Um, you know, has barely played the last two years, made, made one start in, in, uh, 2016, I guess. Um, you know, but it's been a while and, uh, you know, in this offense has what two passes that he attempted last year. Um, so neither of which was successful, a, right? Uh, not a wealth of experience by any means. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, but I mean, I guess it's the nature of college sports. Most of the time, you know, you've got some some positions that look strong because of returners, and some that don't. And obviously, our offense is very much like that. A lot of lot of parts you can look at and say, 
you know, from from the running back to the, the wide receiver depth to the offensive line, you know, in pretty good shape. But you lose your starting quarterback and you lose your top wide receiver who made all those other guys better by being there. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the, the Haller article I know did make the point, and I thought fairly, that, you know, while there are some fans who are kind of like, you know, well, it's okay to see Manny Wilkins go, he was average. They, you know, we may, they and we may grow to realize that, uh, you know, we, we didn't know what we had till it was gone, depending on how things go this year. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, maybe the next guy will step in and we'll think, boy, now we really got a player and he was nice. Now we got a, a potential big time guy. Don't know. That's, that's always the question when you're replacing a quarterback is, you know, does the, does the next guy make you forget the guy before? Or does he make you pine for that guy thinking, you know, that wasn't so bad when we had a guy like Manny Wilkins. We'll, we'll find that out in, you know, September or so. And look, he was a steady hand who sure, didn't sure. turn the ball over and had been there before. Right. All of that right. is good. The, 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 you know, obviously there's more to a quarterback than a win-loss record. There's a lot of other, you know, factors, but the fact that his career record at ASU is 18 and 18 kind of tells you what you need to know. He was fine. He wasn't amazing and he wasn't horrible. He was just kind of right there in the middle. He was Um, not enough to transcend the talent around him. Inferior talent around him. Yeah. And, and, And he was good enough to win some games, some notable games. I mean, he, you know, uh, he, he, he had some very solid performances in big wins. You know, I mean, yes, he beat Washington. Now, granted, we, the defense played out of its mind in that game and held the you know a top ten team to seven points. So again, that's why win loss record doesn't tell you the whole story. Yes, he was the starting quarterback, but he, you know, it's not like he put up forty five points to beat him. Defense played great. We won. Um, you know, he beat Arizona twice. That's good. Um, granted, beating Arizona is not like beating you know Alabama, but. It's still good, notable for an ASU quarterback. Um, so there were some good things, but but never never a lot of great things. You know, it's it's. I keep going back to it. It was a fine, middle of the pack, average quarterback. You can win with a guy like that, but you need great talent around him, and we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Now the question becomes: DSC, Jaden Daniels, yeah. Um, you know, probably based on what Haller's reporting and what we've seen on Twitter yeah. are, are the clubhouse leaders. And DSC, I think the best thing about him was the way he carries himself. The, mm-hmm. You know, everyone talked about after the bowl game how he was visibly upset on the field right. and emotional. It makes you wonder at the time, is this a guy who thinks he's played his last game at ASU and he's going to transfer? I mean, I certainly wondered that. Uh, you know, it wouldn't have wouldn't have surprised me if that's how things have played out since then. But it seems like it's gone the opposite way. That he's he's really you know dedicated himself and thrown himself into the leadership role. Um, now, if he doesn't win the job at the end of August, could you still see him transfer? Yeah, um, you know things change all the time. I mean, Penn State. I don't know if you saw that today. You know, the, Tommy Stevens was supposed to be the heir apparent to Trace McSorley. Well, apparently, practice spring practice didn't go great for him in the transfer portal. So, you know, things change all the time when it comes to quarterbacks. But for now, it, it appears he has uh, you know thrown himself fully into the leadership role, try to try to take this job and win it. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. It, it's gonna be a a true test for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whenever you don't know your starting quarterback, and we haven't had that now for for three years, really. Uh, although there was some question in 2017, but you know, figured Manny would keep the job, and he did. Um, and really, you and, can you, know, you can kind of go backwards a while since there was yeah. a quarterback battle. I mean, the last real one, I suppose, was was you know what Graham's first year, yeah, with with Kelly and Eubank and, and Burko. Um, to an extent, 2016, when you know after Burko left, and we had what Manny, um, Brady White, Bryce Perkins, I guess you know were the three, but but Manny had been the backup the year before and was kind of the presumed favorite and and ended up winning the job. Um, so yeah, I mean, this one feels as wide open as one we've had since probably 2012 when, when Kelly surprised everybody. And that's the thing we're sitting here right now talking about, you know, DSC and Jaden Daniels, and those seem to be the likely guys, but you know, got remember the history and obviously different staff, different guys, but you know, in, in April of 2012, neither one of us was thinking Taylor Kelly was going to win that job and, and hold it for the better part of three years. And that's exactly what he did. So, you know, there could still be a curveball in here. Well, and, and if you read Haller's piece, one of the points that give, gave me pause on this is the guy who I assumed would be at the bottom was Ethan Long. And Haller mm-hmm, said that mm-hmm. he's already established himself as one of the best athletes on the offense. Right, right, yeah. And yeah, if we so. really want to commit to the run, he could win the job. <laughs> he could, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, it sounds like the coaching staff kind of has a uh, rough draft in mind of, of the order, but that it is just a rough draft and, and that, you know, what happens in the summer, you know, informal workouts and things like that. And then what happens when the team gets back together in August and goes through, you know, fall camp, goes to Camp T, which apparently we are actually going to Camp T this year. So the, new, the new turf um, is ready. The new turf is ready, yeah. So, you know, it seems like that's on track. And, you know, I, I, I what I hope, I always say this whenever we talk, you know, quarterback battles, I just hope that we kind of have a, a solidified answer by, I mean, the first game is what, August 29th? You'd like to have a, a firm grasp on it by about August 15th. I think about two weeks out, uh, you know, ideally, you know who the starter is, the team knows who the starter is, and you go forward with that guy. Yeah. Knowing that things can change, you know, you need guys ready if somebody gets injured or struggles, but that, you know, you, you've got a good grasp on this is our guy, and if everything goes according to plan, he's going to stay our guy. And, and simply put, they don't need to tell Doug Haller, but no. they, the team needs to know. It, they can't be walking out onto the field unsure who's taking the first right. snap. Right. And that's how it was in 2016. You know, I remember with Manny, like, they didn't publicly announce that Manny was going to start ever. Uh, you know, he just he started the opening game and that was that. Um, but the feeling was pretty clear out there as fall camp progressed that he was going to be the guy. And that continued, you know, 2017 when we got Blake Barnett which kind of led to that same feeling of like, well, do we have a battle? It never really seemed like a battle. You and I talked about that a lot as, as that fall camp unfolded, that it never seemed like there was any doubt Manny was going to remain the starter, and he did. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, you don't need to publicly announce it, although it was interesting last year. I remember a lot of teams did. 
it went against the tide. You know, a lot of teams did come out and say, this guy's going to be our starter. So maybe we're, we're headed back that way. And, and Herm's very open. So mm-hmm. I, I guess I'd expect him to probably announce someone because he's not a guy who keeps a lot of things secret, it doesn't seem like. Yeah. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, are you surprised that this Merlin Robinson, def- you know, off-field issues that we never really learned about are just kind of being brushed under the rug and everything's fine? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, it, I think you uh, you file it away as something that hopefully we do forget all about. Um, but, but that, you know, would it would it totally surprise me if, if they flamed up again and it became more of an issue? Certainly not. I have no reason to believe that about him. Just years of following college sports <laughs> knowing that when something like this happens a lot of times it's not a one-time thing um it just but, surprised me how quickly it just got ignored and became did. a non-story yeah yeah i mean that's uh that is in some ways the luxury i guess um of you know being at asu versus playing for you know, Alabama, that probably would not have gone away that quickly because the, the the microscope is on you much more at a place like that. And I mean, you're leading, you're leading tackular freshman All-American right. is right. out. Misses a chunk of time in the spring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it would be a story at Clemson or Alabama or, you know, places like that. It would be a, a much more concerning story. But honestly, I mean, you, you know, who makes these things stories? The media does. And our beat writer in the spring was mostly off covering basketball because he covers ASU basketball too. Um, so he wasn't really, you know, solely focused. And so you have other people filling in, stepping in. The Republic doesn't really give you a whole lot of great coverage anymore. I don't believe, uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure the people there are doing the best they can, but they don't, they don't feel like they're locked in on the pulse of these programs like Doug Haller does. And so it's, you know, you're almost like who's there to make it a story. No one is. So could it flame up in August if it happens again? Absolutely. But hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it, it, it is just what we're told it is, which is, you know, a problem that was taken care of and all good and happy again. Yeah. But the, we'll see. The, the back seven defensively should be the strength. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. front three – or four, right? Three, I guess. I guess it's the back eight. Three in this defense is a yeah, more accurate yeah. depiction, right? Uh, but but the the front three is thin. The first three guys all played well, you know. Sure. Foreman, sure. Lole, they they've got guys, but yeah. you know, yeah. losing Slade and Bates in the transfer portal, and uh, and ran to the NFL draft or yeah. at least graduation yeah. is you know right. Right. I mean, it, it's. It's not ideal, um, you know, losing depth. I, I know the, you know, the spin is, well, they weren't going to be playing anyway. And like, yeah, maybe they weren't. But uh, bottom line is they were depths that could be come in handy if somebody gets hurt. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the projected starters were all very solid last year. Um, and you just hope that, you know, maybe there's some guys coming in among the freshman class. Uh, some guys who, you know, didn't play a lot last year, uh, you know, DJ Davidson, I know was a guy who was mentioned in that story, got hurt at the end of the year, um, but, you know, supposed to be back, uh, you know, so there's, there's some names there, but 
not a lot of experience beyond those three starters. On the back end, um, Tyler Wiley got his extra eligibility. He was yeah. initially penciled into that Tillman safety role. Right. Um, hopefully, he'll be healthy and able to go. Which yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a five year project to wait for that moment so far. It has. It's been a star crossed career for him so far. But yeah, it'd be it'd be great if he had that you know send off year. Uh, and he could you know, go full Cheatham. You know, he could. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's funny you say that because I was even thinking, you know, maybe he has the the Zylan Cheatham type of one year run where he has a, a, you know, different sport, obviously, but a a, a big impact in one last year um, to the point where you think, boy, I wish we had that guy for more than one year. But yeah, I'd take it for one. Um, and the you know the article made the point, and you were kind of you know alluding to that too. It's interesting how things have changed in a couple years. You know, going into 2017, Graham's last year, the thought was, "Wow, this secretary, what a what a huge question mark." There's, well, there's Kareem, just nothing from the there. moment Kareem Moore transferred, right? It became right, a question yeah. of what is going yeah. on in the second. Who are who's even going to play there? There's no returning players at all, and and now you know, in a couple of years, it feels like that has morphed into the deepest spot for us um you know the linebackers obviously we have you know robertson and and butler who were both really good last year so maybe not the maybe that's the strength area but as far as just depth of guys who played and played fairly well the secondary feels like you know better better than the linebacking group and the defensive line for sure well you've got lucas and Williams, and as you and I talked about, Lucas is the one who gets the, you know, high upside ceiling uh-huh. love. But mm-hmm. Williams is the guy who I wouldn't want to throw at him with the game on the yeah. line. He yeah, just is, I mean, he he is the you know the Jaren ship to go cross sport <laughs> of this team. Sure, he he sure. just does what he's supposed to do. He doesn't yeah. screw yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, you know, Williams is the guy who probably doesn't have a pro future. Um, you know, two years from now, we, you know, we'll probably look back and be like, what was that guy's name? Uh, yeah, Kobe Williams. But but a very good college player. And, you know, but Chase Lucas is the guy who, you know, after his freshman year, oh, this guy could be a first-round pick. He's got size to play in the NFL. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, Lucas is the guy, and, and hopefully he can be that who jumps out and looks like the star, but Williams was just as good as him last year, if not better, last year. Two years ago, maybe not, but last year, I would say Williams had a better year. Yeah, and and then you've got, you know, Crosswell, who had four picks last year. Um, Who I thought really came into his own as the year went along, Uh, you know, had some early bumps, which you expect from a true freshman, but, uh, you know, really emerged as a player. Uh, Yeah, so it's, it's a... It's a solid group. A lot of a lot of young guys who got a lot of time last year when, you know, we had some injuries. I mean, at one point, I think, you know, we had three true freshmen that were starting in the secondary. Um, but well, now they're one, sophomores. They got experience now. Well, and one of the guys who got some playing time was Cam Phillips, and he gets to take right. advantage of the four-game redshirt rule red because rule, he right. played. He got some experience, right, but he's right. still a freshman this year. Still a freshman, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it changes the dynamic. I mean, it's you know, you going back to Eno Benjamin, and you mentioned him, and you know how different now. If obviously he'd be draft eligible, maybe it wouldn't matter. But how different would it feel if Eno Benjamin, 
you know, who barely really played much his freshman year, could have actually had that as a redshirt year. Gotten a little experience, gotten some reps, but, you know, was a redshirt sophomore still instead of a junior. You know, that's that's why this dynamic changes things. Obviously, it didn't exist then, but it's it's good. Uh, for that purpose now there's some unintended consequences of it obviously that have come about but for the sake of a freshman getting some game reps but not burning a year of eligibility i think it's fantastic special teams the last thing we didn't talk about that um brandon reese is back he was pretty accurate he's got a pretty big leg um if he just keeps building on the rate he's going it is Zane Gonzalez-like in that he started off pretty good. His sophomore year was mm-hmm. better. Solid. Um, yeah. More accurate. Yeah. You know, he if he keeps improving, he could become an elite kicker. He could. He could, yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, he came with the, with the great advanced billing. Um, you know, he was going to go to Alabama and ended up coming here. And, uh, you know, and he's been, he's been good. Maybe not great yet, but certainly been good. And, and uh, you know, maybe in these next two years, he can ascend to great, uh, you know, start start making the 50-yarders on a regular basis. He's shown the leg to do it. Uh, now, does he have uh, – you know what? I'm, I'm second-guessing myself. He has two years left, right? He does. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. I, I was thinking he was a freshman in 2017. Um, the years are running together on me. I keep hesitating on what year was what. Um but yeah, I think I think he can be good enough. And there's there's uh, I mean, hard to say. There's tons of excitement about a punter, but I know that uh, they seem you know to be very excited by what this Turk kid can do. And you know, of course, again, spin, but maybe true that you know he was gonna win the job anyway, and that's why Michael Sleep Dalton transferred. I don't know if that's true, but uh, certainly it looks like they're not too concerned about him being able to step in as their replacement. I don't know this, and I have no basis for it. Do you know if he's related to Matt Turk, the, the old is. NFL he punter? Is. I think okay. he's his nephew. I want to say. Okay. I don't think it's father son, but I want to. I think Matt was his uncle, from what I remember seeing. I hope that this means he punts with the single bar face mask. <laughs> Maybe so. Yes, yes. The old uh, Scott player look from the Cardinals. Yeah. I just I want that to be like this is how we've always done it. We're an old school family. You're you're I'd punting okay with, with basically it. a Pop Warner mask on. I'd be okay seeing that. Yes, little little throwback to the old days. Um, I don't know if he does. We'll we'll find out. Um, I mean, hopefully we don't see him on the field too much. Obviously, whenever you're talking about a punter, it's like you know, hopefully he's he's got some games where he's just on the sideline the whole game because the offense can't be stopped. But. Yeah. Considering what we talked about with the quarterback, we're probably going to need the punter to, to be pretty good. Matt, I want to drift into the absurd story that okay. I have come across. Notre Dame has selected its first ever female leprechaun. I saw that. For the I, upcoming I mean, season. I read the headline. I guess that's all I know about it, but I did see that. Well... Lynette Wookie is a sophomore from Elyria, Ohio. She, along with Samuel Jackson, are... Samuel L. Jackson? Well, I don't know if there's an L, but they are... Not the same one? Okay. They are two of the three. Uh, According to the story on ESPN, they are the second and third African-American students picked to be the mascot. How about Um, that? 
And the third one is the a sophomore, a returning mascot, who is the first native Irishman to serve as the leprechaun. So well, that, there you go. That will be We're running the gamut. Yeah, that will be your three leprechauns for this coming Fighting Irish season. How about that? How about that? I I venture to guess there's some stodgy old folks around South Bend that don't love that. Um, but you know. That's the way it is with stodgy old folks, uh, you know. For me, hey, great. I don't care. You know, it's it's a it's a cool deal. Good for whoever gets it. Mascots are awesome, and I just they support are. whatever it is. They are. I agree. I uh, you know, obviously, my favorites are the live animal mascots. I'm mm-hmm. partial to Ugga and uh, you know Mike the Tiger and Bevo and all those good ones. Uh, Ralphie, but, you know, Ralphie's a good one. Uh, Was it Reveille at Texas A and M? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of good ones. Um, bulldogs are, are my go-to. I love bulldogs. Always have, uh, you know, so you those, also those like the Eagle at the Auburn game. You enjoyed I that. did. I did. The Eagle was fantastic. That was really cool. Something unique. I mean, that, that's, I guess the cool thing about the live animal mascot is it feels unique. I mean, you know, Bevo is unique. Ralphie is unique. Uh, bulldogs, I guess not so much because so many teams have them. But, you know, the Eagle at, at Auburn, you know, you don't see that anywhere else. That's really cool. Um, and, the, and the Leprechaun is unique. You get a, you get a person, but uh, not in the big suit, you know, with the big head. Uh, something different, you know, and it's, it's a cool one. I got my picture with the Leprechaun when they came here in 20, was that, mm-hmm. uh, when they played the game here, 2013 or 14, whatever year that was. Um, God, again, I feel old. The years are running together on me over and over again. But whatever year it was, I got the photo, and it was cool. Uh, it's a, it's a great mascot. One of the, one of the better ones in college sports, I think. Yeah, I was fourteen, wasn't it? Yeah, help me out here. Thirteen, I, we played in Dallas, right? Yeah, so it was the next okay. year. Yes, it was okay. the year we were good. <laughs> well, we were good in thirteen and fourteen. It was the, the year thing. we were 13, better. We, fourteen was we beat them, and we got to like. What were we like number five or six in the country, and then we yeah. lost to Oregon State the next week? Yeah, we we were on the edge of the of playoffs, playoffs because yes. all we had were beatable teams in front of us. Yeah, and yeah. if we'd won out, including the Pac-12 title game, we would have been in. Now we would have had to beat Oregon, and that is a big if. But yeah, it, it, I remember that that we were in position. We were eight and one, and if we had won the last three plus the Pac-12 title game over Oregon, we would have been in that first playoff. It was it was there for us. Um, the other thing I've noticed that I wanted to share with you in my absurd fact uh, okay. piece: ESPN.com's NFL or I'm sorry NCAA football tab now next to recruiting. Has a transfer tracker as a permanent fixture <laughs> at the top, Does it? so you can Does find it? out That's... who's in the portal and where they've gone. So, got to keep up with the times. I mean, you know, there's there's a demand for it. I'll I'll be honest, I didn't know it was there, but now that I do, I'll probably look at it because um, you know it's it's hard to keep up. I mean, this this transfer portal thing is is confusing in a way because you can enter it and then pull your name out. So it used to be when, it, you know, when you heard a guy was transferring, he was transferring. That was done deal. Now it's like, well, I'm, I'm exploring my options. I don't mind it, but as a fan, it's, it's kind of hard to keep track of. I think what we're now finding is the portal is when you're 
exploring your options, and I think yeah. it means other teams can contact you. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's totally changed the dynamic. Which, Obviously, it used to be, you know, you had to get a release and teams could, you know, your coach could control who you could even go to, and now that's that's totally gone now. I think that if I were an NCAA player, I would immediately enter the transfer portal. Yeah. Because why yeah. not? Yeah. Now, the, the one downside I know is that if you enter the transfer portal, the team that you're with can say, no thanks on coming back and your scholarship's gone. So you have to be good enough to feel confident you can get an opportunity somewhere else if you're, you know. But remember, your scholarship's Bo. not a four-year scholarship anyway. It's not. It's not. No, I agree, and that's that's a very fair point. Um, but you know, it, it does. You know, you you can have the safety net disappear if you enter, and then the you know the team you're with says, "Oh, okay, well, we'll just you know get somebody to replace you." Oh, I want to come back. Not too late. Um, so there is a downside if you're a run of the mill. But I mean, yeah, if you're a if you're a fairly good player who doesn't feel like you're you know a sure thing starter for the team you're with, it does make sense. To explore your option. I mean, I I read you know yesterday different sport, but um, the kid for Virginia Tech, Kerry Blackshear, was one of their better players, basketball mm-hmm. players, is both putting his name in the draft possibly and entering the transfer portal and keeping his options open to come back to Virginia Tech. Like I mean, I don't mind it at all, but it sure is different. That did not used to be the way it was, but now we're we're you know these kids have options now, and he's he's exploring all of them apparently. If you are in favor of college athlete empowerment, yeah. you have to be a fan of the new system. And, and I am. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, uh, you know, again, it's got some unintended consequences, just like the freshman, you know, the redshirt rule. Uh, but, yeah, I, I that's why I say I don't have a problem with it. It just – it's different as a fan. You get used to how things work and – that's not how things work anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, this this Penn State kid, you know, he's putting his name in. Does that mean he's for sure leaving Penn State? No, not yet. Now, it certainly seems like he is, but he could end up staying there and being their quarterback. That did not used to be the way it was. But, but I'm okay with the change. Yeah. Matt, you get to bask in the glow of Tiger Woods for a little bit longer. I do, I do. It'll it'll be a while before that, that glow... Uh, well, I hope never that that glow completely fades. I don't think it will. This was this was pretty uh, momentous for me as a sports fan. But uh, you know, time will pass. He'll play again, and we'll we'll, we'll get back on the horse. But uh, and now it's you know what time it is now. It's draft time next week. Yep. Eight nights from right now, draft will be going on. Yep, and uh, we'll be there to give our recaps and feedback and talk about all kinds of words. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Maybe next week we get our. We did last year, I believe, a, a top five mock drafts. Maybe we need to do that again yeah. before the actual draft happens. I'm going to say that we're going to have a swerve, and the Cardinals trade the pick. I, I just okay. don't think. I don't think they'll dump Rosen, and I think they yeah. can make up for the trade up for Rosen. That's where I'm leaning right now. Okay. Okay, well, let's let's. Uh, I, I, it's intriguing, definitely, and we'll see. We'll see where things stand here in a week or so before we get completely on the clock with everything. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.